Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out to what we call lovingly the corn patch, and uh, you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and, and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Turn with me to Matthew 25. This set of scriptures that we're about to embark upon, uh, starting in the 31st verse, is something that I have watched and known through lots of years that we as the church have extremely overlooked, that we, we don't understand what's going on here. And we're going to start 25, Matthew, the 31st verse. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Before him shall be all gathered all the nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from his goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Now, we've had, we've had quite a time trying to identify who the goats are. Most of the church think that probably the goats is the world. No, the goats happen to be the church right along with the sheep. And and if you if you'll begin to just let your mind and your spirit entertain that for a few moments this evening and listen up, maybe then you can begin to realize how dangerous it is to be anything but a sheep. All right. He goes on to say, "Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye, blessed of the Father." Now who's on the right hand? The sheep. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of this world. Now he's about to explain now what make them sheep, and what makes everybody else goats. All right? He didn't talk about not being saved here. He's talking about what makes you a sheep that's set on his right hand, and what makes you a goat, which end up, ends up being cast into outer darkness. All right? He said, I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed and to everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you took me not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we then hungered in the thirst, or, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch, as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Now, when you really get into this thing and you begin to let your spirit man, your heart, begin to dictate and start answering just a few of these questions. And I have told ministers 
for lots and lots of years that they better enjoy the kingdoms that they're building on this earth because it's the only kingdom they're ever going to know. Now, that doesn't go over well as trying to be friends, okay? But the truth is the truth. And, and what I, I have always said this, in America, what we have done, we have let the government take care of the people. God never intended for the government to take care of the people. God intended for what we call the church to take care of the people, or his, his, his righteous, his, the ones that are with him, to take care of the people. Now, that's the reason we have welfare in America. That's the reason we've got all these uh, programs that they're implemented for the people that bless God, that the government wants to help and to do this, do that. But yet at the same time, we have many, many people in America that are now having to make dire choices, mostly the elderly, as to whether or not they're going to buy the medicine that they need for their bodies or they're going to have heat or they're going to have food. Now, the reason I know that, my mother's 82 years old, and my mama talks to me uh, often about the people that, that, that she's around and how terrible it is that they, they're, they're in those kind of positions where they cannot have all that they need to be comfortable. They can't have heat. They can't have food. They can't, they can't have all three. The government, and, and I'm going to tell you something, folks, not everybody wants to get in line and become what? Become uh, in debt to the government, uh, get in the welfare situation. Not you know, there's still some of us in America that have just a little bit of pride. In fact, there's a lot of us. Now, what I told a minister, actually, I told a, a friend of the minister and sent him to the ministry. He came and uh, sat on my front porch one evening, and he said, uh, uh, "Prophet," he said, "I wanted to come by and tell you that we're getting ready to build a." a, 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 a basketball gymnasium uh, next to our church, and he said it's going to be over a million-dollar project. In fact, I think he said it was a million and a half dollars. And he said, uh, I just want to stop by and to give you the report of what we're doing for the kingdom's sake. And I looked at him, and I said, you just sit right there a minute. Went in the house, got my Bible, walked back out, and I sat down, and I said, listen to me as I read to you. And I read him exactly what I read to you. I said, you go tell the pastor that the prophet said, Thus saith the mouth of God. Because of the fact that that church was spending a million and a half dollars, anybody in that little, in the county there is very, very small, okay, would fit into a very small section here, the area that we're in tonight. I said, you tell him that if anybody in the county is lacking this winter of food, of heat, or medicine, then they're going to all end up burning hell. Boy, he didn't like it. He stomped well, he said, I, and, and he left. The fact of the matter is, brothers and sisters, that's the Word. That, that's not me. That's what the Word of God says. We are so busy building kingdoms, call them churches, that bless God, we're not taking care of the people. Our place is to be blessed by God so we can bless other people. See, we a lot of us, like I said in the beginning tonight, what are your motives all about being a Christian? What's this about for you? Is it about bless God so you can get lucky and win the, win the lottery next week? Or, or what is this thing with you? Well, I'm going to tell you what it should be. It should be that we become servants of God, sheep of the Lord God of the Most High, that we serve Him and we serve others. See, the whole key to this thing is to understand that we're first 
to get ourselves rightly related with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish. Then we're to get ourselves rightly related with what? One another. You can never get related, bless God, to God and not be related to your brothers and sisters. And if we're not going to adhere into the Word of God, then I'm going to tell you something. We're missing the mark. And, unsor- and, and, and it's uncertain as to the direction that the church is going to take in the next months and next years to come because we're at a very critical, a very turning point in the history of what we call the church. Because God is going to require us to go back and take care of those that can't take care of themselves. So what good is it going to do us to build a million, million and a half dollar basketball gymnasium, a $20 million sanctuary to fill it up with five, ten thousand people? What's that going to do for us? Not a thing. We're not impressing God. See, and that's the reason I keep saying over and over and over again, we as ministers are going to have to fast and we're going to have to pray until the Lord God come, rain righteousness upon us, and we understand exactly what this is all about in this day and this hour. And I am sorry to say that our motives of our hearts aren't right because it should be the needs of the people. Well, Brother Eckerd, our church happens to send money every week. Uh, bless God, at least once a month, Brother Decker, to some some needy people overseas. That's fine. That's 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 great. But I'm going to tell you something. We you got needy people right here. I would bet you within within uh, within bless God a mile of right here that there's people that's having to make decisions tonight whether they're going to buy gasoline, whether they're going to buy food, or whether they're going to buy uh, medicine. Right here, maybe some of you some of you in this room are faced with that same type of a thing. And here the church is well and healthy and wealthy and doing fine. Now, wasn't that just exactly what God was talking about, about these shepherds that we got into in the book of Ezekiel? Everything was going well with them, but it was the people that were suffering. That's the reason I keep saying we, we, we look at these televangelists. They're flying jet airplanes. They're staying in forty and $50,000 penthouse apartments when they travel somewhere. Who's giving the money for that when we've got people out here that are having to decide whether they're going to be warm this winter or they're going to have food? And you, we call ourselves what? Into the kingdom, we call ourselves Christians, and bless God, they're, oh, look what we've done, and we've built this kingdom. No, we've built the only kingdom is our own kingdoms, and we're not building the kingdom of God, because this, brothers and sisters, is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom. It's got nothing to do with all this garbage of thinking that, well, bless God, you know, look at what we've done. You know, I've always, yeah, you get around ministers, and the first thing you begin to find out that, most ministers, we, we, we attach the amount of people we have as to the excess, success that we're having. Now, if you, have a, you know, if you have a congregation of 20 or 30 people, well, you're not nearly as successful as a brother down the street that's got three or four or five or six or a thousand people. I mean, just look at the cars in the parking lots, and you'll know. Well, you see, we, we, again, the motives of our hearts are wrong. This is what the Lord tells us to do. When you see me hungry, when you see me thirsty, when you see me without a coat, when you see me sick, when you see me in prison, give it to me. And if you give to me, you're given to them. I mean, give it to them, you're given to me. And bless God, it's, it's one and the same. Then the motive of your heart is right. You know, that that's one of the things that with these fellowships that we're building now all over the United States that I've told the, I've told the fellows and the gals, I said, 
you know, we're, we're not into building kingdoms here, and if that's what you're after, then you need to go on down the street. I said, we want, the, the, the size of this room is about as big a fellowship as we want to see. And it's not going to be held in a building that we're going to buy or a building that we're going to, bless God, go out and erect somewhere, buying land. It's not going to ha we're not going to put our money into those kind of material things. We're going to put our money into the kingdom. We're going to hold meetings in, bless God, in garages. We're going to hold meetings in people's basements and living rooms. And bless God, if the living room won't hold it, then split and put, get another living room, somebody else's neighborhood, and do the same thing. What's this about? It's about building God's kingdom. It's about not taking the money and making it, well, now, bless God, you know, we, we ran short this month coming up with our, our money. For those of you that pledged to the building fund, how many of us have heard that till we're sick of hearing it? How many times have we heard, heard the pastor say, well, I'm going to tell you something. We're, you know, we're short in the building fund. Now, you're going to have to you're, you do something. Do you know something? I knew a pastor one time that went to a home of a young married couple. And the reason I know that, they ended up coming to, to me. And, they, and this pastor went to the home of this young married couple and found out they were going to buy new furniture. And what they had done, they had given their old furniture already away, and they were waiting on the, they didn't have any furniture. They were sitting on, sitting on cardboard, uh, or cardboard boxes for chairs, literally. And, and so anyway, he went to their home, knocked on the door, and said to them, if you're going to go buy new furniture, you need to give me the money for the furniture and forget the furniture. And those poor two young people gave him the, canceled the furniture, gave him the money so it could go into the building fund, and they sat on boxes for almost a year. Now, folks, that's not what this is about. This isn't about, bless God, seeing if we can't match and make the building fund and then get ready to build a million-and-a-half-dollar basketball court next door. That's not what the kingdom is. And yet we, as the church, look at what we see on TV. My Lord and my God, these guys have got tens of thousands of people coming into meetings. Do you think those people give hop about you? No, they don't. They only want you there to fill the seats, put the money in the buckets. That's what it's about. It's nothing to do with the furtherment of God's kingdom. And it's not got anything to do with the furtherment of your getting closer to God. What it's got everything to do with, bless God, <laughs> is them. Folks, it's time to grow up and smell the roses. You know, that, that, that's the reason I keep, you know, pounding away and away. Every stop I make, I keep saying, look. Wake up. The church isn't right about everything. And yet we have trusted them. They have let us down. Now look where we're at. We are facing one of the most powerful entities, meaning Satan himself, that this earth has ever had to put up with. With all the, the earthquakes and the floods and, and all the things that are coming, the pestilence, the plagues. And bless God, we're in the middle of all this stuff, and we're still just trotting around going, Save me, Jesus. Hallelujah, by the blood of Jesus. And, and you know, then I come along and I say, Well, the 91st Psalm doesn't belong to Christianity. It belongs to the, to the law. Boy, people get mad. Oh, wow, I want to argue with you. You can argue with me all day. You're not going to change, change my mind about it. If it worked for Christianity, why doesn't it work? See, it's that simple. If it works... Where is it working at? How come all those Christians died when Katrina came ashore? How come all the Christians died when the tsunami came over in Indonesia? If the 91st Psalm is for the church, would the church please stand up and show me that it works? And do you want to know something? The church can't because it doesn't. Because it belongs to the law. 
And it's going to take a Jew like me to stand up and to tell the church how the hog ate the cabbage, whether they like it or not, because the fact of the matter is, it's right. Like I keep saying, how do we ever end up with a Sunday Sabbath? Where in the world did that come from? Huh? Over and over again, it's the same thing. Constantine's mama hated the Jews, had them killed, did everything she could do, and then she decided there would be a Christian Sabbath. Now, let me tell you something. The Bible says nothing and absolutely nothing can come that doesn't first come out of the mouth of a prophet. Was she a prophetess? Not by long shot. She was a devil himself. So, you know, it goes on. The rapture is the same thing. There wasn't a prophet involved in the rapture. But yet we got the church thinking we're going to fly away, and folks, we're about to go through the biggest two kind of hell that's ever come to the face of this earth, and most Christianity is sitting back singing, I'll fly away, sweet Jesus. You're not going anywhere. Not this round, you're not. And yet we, we think we got all this figured out. And I keep telling the church, I keep saying, you better fast, you better pray, you better find out for yourself what you really believe. You better quit taking the word of some denomination. You better quit taking the word of some, some, some church somewhere. You better get into this thing, and you better learn to fast 30 days and 30 nights without food and taking nothing but water and a little juice, and find out for yourself what God's got to tell you about what's coming down on the face of this earth, because it's coming down. Let's go to John 10. John 10. Well, I get excited because, you know, I know the church doesn't like hearing me say it, but, you know, we've been duped, folks. We've been duped. We've been told things. A lot of things were right. Don't misunderstand me. Not everything. But there were things that we were told that just were not right. They just weren't. And now we've come to this point in time, and bless God, now where are we at? We're in a mess. Nobody knows for sure what to do about it. Oh, everybody's got, you know, uh, Christians, the way of looking at it is, well, you know, like uh, everything's be all right. The Lord will take care of us. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord will take care of those who are going to take care of themselves through him. Okay, John 10, uh, third verse, it says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Now, I want you to listen closely. The sheep hear his voice, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth forth before he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, who knows his voice, the sheep? Does it say anything in here about the goats knowing his voice? No. See, that's the reason I'm saying to you folks, this is a time of repentance. It's a time of you coming face to face with God through his holy word and you judging yourself as to who am I really? Am I a sheep? Am I a goat? Or am I a wolf? You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to do it for your sake. You're going to have to do it for your family's sake. Because I'm here to tell you, again, he says, And a stranger will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of, of, of strangers. Now, let me, let me tell you something that's really interesting about all this. As to whether you know me or you don't know me makes little, uh, no difference at all to me. I've traveled this world. I've stood before kings and queens and prime ministers princes and everything else and prophesied and left signs that have come to pass. I know who I am. I am a prophet of God. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything except the fact that I know that, bless God, 
that the voice of God is speaking through his prophets. You understand what I'm telling you? God is speaking through his prophets. God has always spoken through his prophets. The problem has been that most of the church hasn't wanted, didn't want the prophets around because they don't like the way we act. Well, I'm sorry. You learn to love us. That's all I can tell you. You learn to love us. Why? Because we're right. And we know we're right. We've been in this thing enough years, most of us, have bless God, that we have been through the mud, the blood, and the beers, they say, and we understand how the church looks at us. We understand how the people want to persecute and throw throw all kind of spiritual stones at us all the time. Because why? Because we don't bother holding back anything. We're going to tell you the truth. And it, 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 is, it is really something being a prophet of God, traveling the United States of America, and beginning to look across, and the sheep don't even know who I am. There's something wrong, folks. I've got a track record. This isn't an old boy that just said, well, I'll volunteer to be a prophet and prophesy something that came to pass yesterday. I've been doing this for over 32 years now. But yet they don't hear the voice. Why? Why, can't, why, why are they not hearing the voices of the prophets? I'll tell you why they're not hearing the voices. They're not sheep. Listen to me, because I, I, I'm, go, I'm giving you tonight manna from heaven. If you will let this penetrate your souls, penetrate your minds, and begin to realize all I have to do is repent before the Lord God, become a sheep, and hear his voice and be led by him. And folks, that's all you've got to do. But you've got to do that. I'm not here. I'm not going to walk the aisles and say, you're a sheep, you're a wolf, you're this, you're that. That's not my place to do. My place is to do what? Is to deliver to you what God delivers to me. That's my place. My place is to make sure that you understand that this thing isn't quite as cut and dried as most of the church, bless God, wants to make it look like. Look, at, look down in the 11th verse. I am the good shepherd, for a good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that, that is a harling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The harling fleeth, because he is a harling, and careth not for the sheep. Now, boy, that's saying a lot, isn't it? So, in other words, when the, when the wolf comes, uh, when, that, when that comes and separates that flock, that shepherd just let, goes ahead and let, him, let that, let that uh, wolf uh, devour and take those sheep. I, I'm the good shepherd, and, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I, the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And it goes on to say here that, and, and other sheep I have that's not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. That is end-time scenario, big-time prophecy for this day. Now, who's those other sheep that he has? That, that, bless God, it's Ephraim that's out here, that bless God that he's going to bring in, you bet he's going to bring it in. So now now we've got ourselves in a position of realizing then that bless God that not, you know, again, not everybody that says Lord, Lord is going to enter into the kingdom. Thus saith the word of God. Let's go to, let's go to uh, Acts, the 20th chapter. Acts 20. And I've got a scripture here, or two. Acts 20, 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, uh, 20, 28. 
Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So we're to do what? So what's our command? Feed the church of God. Now he goes on to say, For I know this, that after my departing, some grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not every one night and uh, one night and day with tears. Now, now he's coming at this thing, and he's doing it in such a way because he's saying, "Look, there's going to be there is going to be wolves that are going to come in." He said, "It's going to happen." He said, "I'll grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock." So, so it wasn't anything new in Paul's day that these wolves would come. And again, we're not talking about animals. We're talking about spiritual wolves coming in as what? As sheep. Or maybe goats, but they were coming into the church. And what were they coming in to do? They were coming in to devour them. They were coming in to, 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 to draw them away. Now, now look in, in, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, if you go back there with me. Then I've got one more scripture, and then we'll get to the we'll get to the meat of this thing, maybe. First Peter five. First Peter five. The elders, first verse, first Peter five one. The the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you taking the oversight thereof, not by restraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, don't do it because of money, be of a ready mind. Now, uh, he's warning us here. And, and by the way, let me, let me say this, because I've, I've been saying this a lot across America. Paul wrote most of what we call the New Testament, or we've been told the New Testament. But Peter was given the keys by Yeshua to the kingdom. We got two little old chapters here, or, or books here, called First and Second Peter, and all that. Right? Wouldn't you love to know what it was that Peter didn't get to tell us about the keys? Why didn't? Because the knuckleheads in Rome that weren't filled with the Holy Ghost that couldn't be led by God, if he walked in the room, canonized these scriptures, and they decided for us. Somewhere, and probably the archives is probably buried deep in the catacombs under the under the hill there in in Rome probably is the writing somewhere of, of Peter. I, I would I would love to be able to, to because see Peter again he was coming at this thing and he was saying, Look, you you better understand something. You better not be in this for money, okay? The third verse neither being lords over the third verse, God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. In other words, you're to be examples to the flock. The fourth verse says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. But now you're not going to, if you're in it for money, how many preachers are in this thing for money? I'm going to tell you something, folks. I, I, my problem, and I readily admit it, I've been around the block too many years, okay? I've rubbed elbows with some of the well-known ministers in the United States of America. I, I know from whence they've come. I have gone in and ministered behind some of them after they've been in some of these nations. I've heard story after story about how they charge people. They charge people. I was in Guyana, and I was a well-known televangelist. If I mentioned his name, everybody in this room would know. 
A man had a very, very rich man, okay? He had a son that was hit in the ear by a swing when he was two years old and destroyed everything here. There was nothing in this ear to hear with, and, and, and it went across over here, and the poison did, and then it caused him to go deaf. So he was literally deaf and dumb. Now, he takes him. This man comes into Georgetown, Guyana, the capital of Guyana, and going to hold a big meeting with 15,000, 20,000 people, all right? And so he, he goes, goes to him and get, or gets word to him that he would like to have a personal prayer, a personal prayer for his son. And you know what he was told? $10,000 will get you that personal prayer. Now, is that filthy lucre? That's the epitome of filthy lucre. Okay? Now, the guy gave him $10,000, and this preacher prayed for him, and he took his deaf and dumb son back home, and the preacher left with $10,000 extra in his pocket. Okay? It happened to be that I was down there. It happened to be this man took me into his home and treated me like a king. The Lord God told me, he said, you bless them with a prophet's blessing, and he said, you go tell him to bring his boy that I'm going to give him a miracle right now. Went downstairs, I told the man, his eyes got big, and he said, hallelujah. Went and got his son. God had to do a creative miracle. If there was nothing there to hear with, he couldn't hear at all, right? Unless a creative miracle, which means all those things inside, the cerebellum and the, the anvil and all the things that goes with the hearing, had to be recreated by God. And this, and this, this boy's 17 years old now, okay? And so anyway, God did it. Opened up his ears, loosed his tongue. The first word he said out of his mouth was, was Jesus. Now, the guy tried to pay me. I looked at him. I said, no. I said, no. You see, that's, that, that's not for sale. I said, you know what? That, number one, it's not mine. I couldn't heal a sick cow. I, I wish I could, but I can't. But through him, I've learned I can do all things. I said, no, you can't buy what happened here. It came from a higher power. Yeah, and he said, well, he said, I want to do something. I said, then you need to pray for me. You've been good for me, uh, good to me the whole time I've been here. And that's when it, but folks, again, here, now he's not, this guy's not the only preacher that I've been around that takes money. There's a well-known guy that had a school of prophets that takes your money if you want prayer. Okay? And there's a lot of schools of prophets around the country, so don't try to guess which one that would happen to be. One more scripture, Hebrews 13. The 17th verse. All right, get ready. Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account, that ye may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now, what is it we're set to do as ministers? Watch over your souls. That's what, that's what this thing's about. This thing isn't about trying to get your money. It's not trying to be, buy airplanes. It's not trying to bless God to, to see how many mansions we can build or how many radio stations we can get on or bless God how many uh, TV stations that we can get you to give your money so we can do or start our own TV. It's not about that, folks. It's about watching over souls. Now, I started tonight by saying that we need to reexamine our motives as Christians, we need to reexamine our motives from the, from the ministry right straight down to bless God to, to the people that sit in the pews. We need to make sure that this thing here called our heart 
is right, and more than that, is acceptable unto the Lord God. And folks, that, that last part of this is big-time stuff. Your heart's got to be acceptable unto God. It's not one of these things that we go out here and do everything we want to do as we want to do it, and it's all going to work out. And if it doesn't, oh, golly, gee, Jesus, I'm sorry, and maybe tomorrow we can get it right. That's not what this is about. Now, if you're taking notes, get ready, because I'm going to give you now the, the, the absolutes here. Uh, if you're a sheep, there are certain traits that go with each and every one of these, okay? Trait number one for a sheep is you ask yourself this question. Do you hate strife, envy, malice, dissension, arguing, doctoral debates? In other words, people that argue over or debate the Scriptures. Do you hate those kind of things? If you do, you need to put a little check mark to the side, which means, yeah, that, that, I, I, I hate that kind of stuff. So that, that is a sure sign of being a sheep. Number two, do you enjoy still waters submitting, your, uh, submitting to your pastor? Do, do, can you submit to your pastor? See, your pastor there is to what? There to watch over your soul. Your pastor to, is to guide you into the still waters and the green pastures. All right? Number three, do you love to go to church every service? Okay, now if you love, you can't wait. See, there's people that cannot wait to go to service. I mean, I can remember, I couldn't wait. I mean, we had service on, on Shabbat, the church that I went to when I got under the prophet, uh, and we were there, and we had also a, a weeknight service. I couldn't wait for those services to come. And it always bothered me when somebody was out there causing problems. It always seemed like it caused problems. Now, the old prophet had a way of taking care of those. We won't go into that tonight. Uh, it says, uh, number four, do you love to listen to the word preached? Okay. Do you, do, you like, do you like to just hear God's word being brought forth? Number five, do you hunger after truth from the word? Is that what this is all about? You want the truth? Not some doctrine. Not something that, bless God, that you're not even sure where it came from. That's the reason I keep saying you, you must get yourself in a position where you'll begin to fast and pray and seek the Lord God and be certain, folks. See, my, the challenge as a prophet that I have to you is be sure that what you believe is really the truth of God's Word, and it's not something, bless God, that has been brought forth as some traditional whatever it is. Be certain that that's right. Don't just take somebody's word for it. Go back and seek this stuff out. You can find out about a lot of this stuff on the Internet today. You can get in it, and you can especially this thing with, uh, Constantine's mother and the thing with the Sabbath. Number six, do you receive when you get correction from the pastor easily, or do you go home and struggle with it? Now, if the pastor says, now pastors, bless their hearts, <laughs> they can't, you know, if a pastor is going to correct you, they're going to apologize in the next sentence. All right? It's, it's, I always told the difference between uh, a prophet like me and a pastor. Uh, a pastor will do anything he can do to get you, bless God, the, the place where you'll settle down. If you go and say, well, I'm leaving the church, me and my family, he'll do everything he can do to keep you from leaving that church. I've always said he might even go out and lay down in the parking lot in front of your car and say, if you leave, you'll just have to run over me. All right? Don't try that with me. Because my whole way of looking at it is altogether different than him. My way is don't let your, the door hit you on the backside on the way out. Now, people said, oh, that's not love. Yes, it's a balance to that love. See, my heart, my heart isn't in this thing to bless God to pacify you and to stroke your, your, your flesh. My heart's in this thing that you grow up 
and you become everything it is that God has put into you from the foundation of this world so that you, can, you not only can be worthy of the kingdom, but you can make a difference in the kingdom. And, and folks, that, that's, that's, what, that's what that's about. Now, the, the next one here is, uh, uh, are, you con, are you content where you are in the flock? All right, are you are you okay where you're at in the flock? Is it okay that bless God that maybe maybe your job? See, I had a job when I first started. My job was to be the doorkeeper. The first the first job I was given was to be the doorkeeper of the church. Well, I thought, well, that's not tough. I just go there and stand there and, and greet the people when they come in, and 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 that was that was part of it. But I didn't realize that being doorkeeper meant that me and my family got there an hour before service. We went in that cold old church, turned the heat on, and sat there with coats on and shook until the church began to warm up. And then, bless God, we made sure that everything was uh, neat and tidy and ready for the people to come in. And then I stood at the door, smiled, and greeted everybody that come in. When service was over, me and my family were the last ones out. We turned the lights off, turned the heat down first, the lights off, locked the door, and went home. Now, that was my first job. Now, if you can't do the first things, then there's not going to be any second things. And, and, and folks, the thing that I do when I do this thing on divine guidance, and I, I think this weekend I'm going to get a portion of that in for you, but the, the, the thing is you've got to understand that you've got to take care of the little things first. There isn't any old mother may I take a giant step in ministry. You've got to start and get faithful in the little things. And, and I have always said, and I still stand here before you and the Lord God that I serve this night, I, of course, I was concerned. I was the best doorkeeper that's ever been on the face of this earth because I did it with my heart right. I was there smiling every week. I was asking people how they were doing. And before it was all over, I was a head yard keeper. I bless God, I painted the whole church one time. Uh, me and my boys would get out with a flashlight and a push lawnmower and cut, cut the grass at, after I got off of work at many times in the summertime. What's that all about? It wasn't about trying to get a higher position. It was just trying to be part of the body, trying to do some part that somebody else couldn't do, didn't do, that, that desperately pastor needed, it, needed to have done. That's what this is about. And so that's the reason I've always said that if you're, if you're not going to give yourself and you're not gonna, if you're not going to get down there and do those things, then don't, don't ever get to thinking that God's going to promote you and all of a sudden you're going to have a ministry with all kind of people involved in it because that's just not the way this thing works. Now, next thing, write down the word goats. So if you if you can comply to those seven things, if, if you're content uh, where, where you're at in the flock was the last one, there were seven of them, then I'm going to tell you something. You can pretty well believe that you're in the sheep category. Hello, sheep. All right? Now, every once in a while the sheep get sheared, don't they? Yeah? Who does the shearing? The prophets. I always tell the pastors, I said, I'll come in and shear them. I said, you come in and put the, put the salve on them, and they'll be just fine a day or two. And you ought to, well, we won't go into that, but that's got to be quite a deal. Okay, I, I, I think i got nine things here for the goats, so this is going to give you uh, a quite, a, quite an eye. Okay, do you agitate others in the flock? In other words, are, are you always calling them and saying, well, you know, uh, listen to this latest whatever I've got, and, and God's told me this, and God's told me that. If you do, then, bless God, you're looking a little goatish, all right? Nah, or whatever they say. Well, number two, do you always find yourself gossiping? Are you always, again, 
if you, you know, I, 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 every once in a while I just have to, I mean, clean house over the telephone. People can't stay off the telephone. They got to call each other up. They got to know, you know, well, what are you doing today? What's this going on today? God's told me this. God told me to tell you this. And I'm going to tell you something <clears throat> that don't last very long around real prophets. God wants you to know anything, God will tell you, but it ain't going to be through your prayer, buddy, over the telephone or anywhere else. It doesn't work that way, folks. That's what's, again, got a lot of us in a lot of mess because somebody wants to act spiritual instead of being scriptural. And when that happens, everything else just turns a funny-looking brown. Go straight down because you watch their lives. See, the, 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 the fruit, when it's produced, bless God, it will keep producing, right? Unless it becomes rotten, and you've got to be careful. Uh, do do other agitators draw uh, draw to you easily? In other words, people that are also not seemingly happy with the way things are going in the church, that they're into the gossip and thing, uh, are they drawn? They draw to you. They get around you, and you and them begin to sow discord to each other. Four. Do you always have to get the root, get down to the root of every problem in the church? Well, now I want to know what that's about, Pastor. I mean, here I am, and, and I just had a deal take place, and and a guy wrote to me, we're getting ready to do some things out in, in Phoenix, and anyway, a guy emailed me and said, well, I want to know whether this is your flesh wanting to come to Phoenix or God is sending you to Phoenix. Oh, you can't imagine what I'd like to wrote back to that brother and, and explain to him so he could never forget what I had, but but I didn't. I just left it alone. What's that about? Well, it, it's it's about the fact that, that he wants to make sure that he's down to knowing exactly whether it was God or it wasn't God. None of his business. That's none of his business. Uh, his place is to what? Is to come to receive. So that guy was either a goat or he was a wolf. Number five, do you have urges to leave the church? The goats always have an urge to leave the church. Well, I think I've, you know, I think I've, uh, well, I've got, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether I'll be here next month or not, brother. I mean, I've. You know, I, I just feel God drawing me. If that's going on in your life, you are a goat. All right? If you're unhappy where you're at, what I tell people, get out. If you're not happy where you're at, get out of the thing. And, and I'm, I'm saying all over America, I'm going to tell you what. If you're not careful and that church is preaching doctrine contrary to what you're trying to believe, you're guilty of their doctrine. And I've said it all over this country. Come out of the whore and bless God, get fed God's word. you got to understand that the church is not your way to heaven. A church is merely a learning institution set up by God to teach us to the depths of God, that which can't be done without real prophets coming because it's only the prophets that's got revelation knowledge. And we bring the revelation knowledge, we dump it in, then it's up to what? The apostles? It's up to the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists then to teach and evangelize, to preach into those things that the, that the prophets bring. Maybe you can begin to understand why we got such a mess. They won't let people like me in, never have, because I just don't fit the mold of what they want to think a prophet should be. Well, that's too bad, all right, because I, didn't, I don't go for your money. I didn't come here for your money. I came here because I've got something to say to you. What you do with what I say to you is up to you, all right? We won't lose, we won't lose out any love over it. Now, so if you have an urge to leave the church, you've got a problem. Number six, do you fight feelings of disagreement or resentment toward pastor? I had a gal that came up. 
I mean, you could almost mark the calendar. About every two to three months, she would come up and say, well, Prophet, I, I, I want to just repent right now because my heart hadn't been right toward you. What is that about? That's a goat. See, that, that's the way goats are always, they're always in a place of resentment. They always have a resentment toward the pastor. I said something. Well, I'll tell you what. You said something too hard. I just can't handle it. No, 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 no. Sheep receive, all right? Sheep receive. It's, it, you know, it's, it's not like that, bless God, that we're out here trying to say things hard to be mean. We're out here trying to say what God once said to get you on the right track. Now, the next one is, do you have trouble making it to every service? Okay, now, the, the, the sheep love to go to every service. Do you have trouble making it to every service? You always got this little excuse going on. I can't do this or I can't do that. Now, do this. now let me tell you something, goats. You're the ones that think that somehow God's some kind of a meanie because you just are going through all kind of hell in your life. Things aren't quite working out, but you love Jesus and you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And you can't understand. Well, right, this is just part of your problem. You're, you're, a, you're a goat, and you don't know that you're a goat. Goats aren't going to receive the blessings of God. The sheep do. And hopefully, if you didn't understand that, go back and study these scriptures just a little bit further. Now, number eight, do you have trouble sitting under one pastor? Okay. You, do you feel like that you have a pastor down here? Well, I have a, I have a national pastor. I sit under a national pulpit. I've heard people tell me that. Number nine, do you have trouble being corrected? And if you have trouble being corrected, you are a goat without without any turning. If you can't take correction, you're not a sheep. A sheep will be corrected. They will they will receive the correction. Why? Because they want to be right in the eyes of God more than bless God they want to be right in their own eyes. And that again, that's a true sheep. Now let's go to the go to the third one, which is the wolf, and of course this is the one that nobody wants to be. Okay? And and pray to God that we have no wolves in here tonight. But if you are, this will be an opportunity for you to get set free from that tonight. Okay, number one, are you always feeling an inward drive to have a chief seat or a high position in the church? Do you always feel like, well, I, I deserve to be promoted. You know, I deserve that. If you feel like that, well, you could have a problem. Number two, do you find yourself bothered if you have to do what others are doing in the flock? Oh, come on. Hi, I'm not going out there and mow the yard with the rest of them. I'm a little bit further up the line than that. Okay? Wolf. That's the way a wolf looks at this thing. Let everybody else do it. I'm a little too good for it. Okay? I want that higher place. I want to be up there where things are happening, make some decisions, and talk about all this spiritual stuff that I am. Three, are you drawn into strife and carnal things easily? Is it easy for people to draw you that are wanting to talk about strife? So in discord with others. Number four, do you have problems submitting to the pastor inwardly? You may outwardly say, oh, yeah, but what's going on inside your heart? <laughs> I've got news. I'm not, I'm not submitting to that dummy. No, I know more than he knows. And that is something that's going to have to be dealt with with the church because I said earlier, what we did through the charismatic movement, we runt a lot of the sheep because we got them downright believing because they were sitting under the teachers now that somehow that they got all this revelation knowledge, and now they're smarter than the pulpits are, or the bemas, and that's not the truth. It'll never be the truth. Number five, do you always try to defame pastor's teaching? 
to draw disciples after yourself. That's a true wolf. If that wolf is always saying, well, I don't believe what he said there. I mean, I, yeah, well, I, you know, I hear it all the time. Well, yeah, you know, I went to the meeting. I, I, you know, I saw somebody in a wheelchair that had been that way for 20 years, got up and walked. But I, you know, I'm not, I'm just not too, I'm just not too sure about the one scripture used. You know, I've got this little thing that I've said for years to people. People would give their right arm to do what I do, and I'm not standing here pulling your leg about it either. I've seen it done, and I do it. The fact of the matter is, I'd be real careful about criticizing people like me that work the kind of works that people like me work. I'd be real careful with it. Because the fact of the matter is, if you could work the kind of works that I work, you'd be here tonight, I'd be sitting out there. Now, that may sound hard and it may sound unkind, but brothers and sisters, it's the truth. I'm here because I've got something to give to you. All right? Number six, do you talk negatively about the pastor, the church, or others when around a group of people. And they always do that. They always talk negatively about the pastor. And again, once they get somebody to listen, then it gets, they, you know, they, they, they find themselves gathered, this old boy, more and more and more. Or old gal. It could be a gal. Number seven, do you gain security from people who support your views? And maybe not, and maybe, bless God, you're not, you're not very friendly to the people that you know that don't support your views. In other words, if people don't want to listen to you talk about the doctrine of the church, or the pastor, uh, you just kind of shun them. You know why? Because that's what a wolf does. Again, the wolf, a wolf is only going to go after those that they can cut away from the flock. Number eight, last one, how many churches have you been in? Do you now have a pastor, or are you just now floating around doing whatever you do? Okay. And you need that. You need to answer that. You you need you need you need to be under some authority somehow some way, and that's the reason I you know I I keep saying you know we're we're opening up these fellowships as quickly as we can. It's a little difficult in some places in the country because we don't have any leadership and we're having to try to send leadership in, and that's uh, that's not a lot of fun for for any of us. But the fact of it is, folks, you now can turn back to the first page. And after listening to all this and evaluating yourself, are you a sheep, are you a goat, or are you a wolf? Only you know what you can check. Only you can know which that you are. There's no, there's no, you know, that's between you and God. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I pray and believe God that you're all sheep, okay? Uh, that's, uh, for me, is exciting. Uh, knowing full well that not everybody here tonight, you know, are sheep. That there's some of you here that bless God that are goats, or maybe some of you here that are wolves. I don't know with the spirit. If I did, I'd tell you. But the fact of the matter is, you each have to look into that spiritual mirror and judge yourselves, because that's what this is about. Whether we like it or we don't like it, that's the way it comes down. But I, uh, but what I'd adjure you to do is to bless God that if you are, uh, that that's not a problem. Okay, that's not going to be a problem. I'm going to pray here in a couple minutes. And what we're going to do is is give you an opportunity, and I'm not going to say, well, will the wolf stand and will the, will, the, will the goat stand? I'm just going to ask those of you that aren't sure. If you're not sure that you're a sheep, we're just going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray a prayer, and the prayer is going to be real simple. I'm just going to be asking the Lord God to get your eyes opened, let you see Scripture, and let you truly want to know in your heart who you are with Him. And if you will do that, folks, it will change your life. Because, like I said, until we can get the until we can get the people into the sheep mode, 
All right, until we can get everybody on the same page, understanding we first have to be sheep. That's what we first have have to be, and then bless God, we can go on from there. But and I and you know I've had people say, well, let's get all this all this profit stuff. I'm going to tell you something. All the profit stuff in the world isn't going to do any good if you can't learn to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It won't do any good, folks, because and that's what we bypassed. We got away from this fruit of the spirit thing, and we just got down to all this rest of this stuff. That, well, I'm who I am, and Jesus loves me more than He does you. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not the truth. Okay, He loves us all the same, and He wants us to get rightly related one to another. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here. And you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. And we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.